Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because you have turned aside to hear my voice and to see me. Even as Moses was tending the flock, Jethro's sheep. You've been tending the flock for many years. You've been by the sheep for many years. But I, the Lord, have spoken to you. And you have chosen to hear my voice. You have turned aside to look at me. When you turn aside to look at me and hear my voice, you turn away from the world and everything that the world has to offer. For you see, there were things that I had to speak to Moses and had to correct in his life to prepare him for what he was about to do. So in the same way, I'm preparing you. I'm speaking to you. And you have chosen to turn aside and hear my voice. And because you've chosen to turn aside and hear my voice, I will speak to you. In fact, I've already spoken to you. I've already revealed some things to you that will get you started down this journey. For there is a move of the Spirit that the church is not ready for. There's a move of God's power that Christians are not ready for. There's a place in the Spirit, forgive me, that this church is not ready for. But because you turned aside to hear my voice, even as Moses, when he was tending the sheep on the backside of the desert, it seems like you've been there for many years. But oh, what a blessing that's on the way. Because I'm going to take you down through a place. And I'm going to bring you up. And I'm going to bring you out. Just as I prepared Moses. Just as I prepared Aaron. To go and bring deliverance to my people. So I am speaking to this church. I'm speaking to the body of Christ. And I'm saying today. Turn aside and hear my voice. Even as Moses did when he saw the burning bush, he paid attention. He listened to what I said. And as you do this, you'll find out that I'll prepare you because there's some things that must be laid aside. There are some things that must be put behind. There's a walk that we must walk in that we have not walked in heretofore. But when you do this, it will bring much, much more. For there's an outpouring of the Spirit that I'm endeavoring to bring to my people. But my people have been too irreverent, unprepared, walking in the flesh and not walking in the Spirit. So it has hindered the move of God. The church has not been able to contain that that I have for it. In this hour. But you've turned aside. You've heard my voice. You've seen the burning bush. And you're making preparation. And you said, Lord, whatever you say do, I'll do it. 
Whatever direction you want me to go, I'll go. Lord, you show me the way so I can see. And I will do exactly where you said for me to go and be what you said for me to be. So now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that that we know not, teach thou us. That that we see not, show thou us. And that that you've prepared for us, prepare thou us. For this is your day. This is your time. This is your hour, Lord, to bring about your plan divine. Oh, Lord, through your strength and through your ability, Lord, we submit to your will. We submit to your plan. We submit to your way, Lord, from this very day. And Father, we say, have your way. Now, Father, we give you the glory for it. And we thank you, Lord, for this journey that you called us to walk in. This place in the spirit that you've called us to walk in. Lord, I know that you're speaking to us here, but you're speaking to many everywhere. Lord, you're calling people to turn aside because the end is getting closer. Things must come to pass. And if people are not prepared, they're going to be left behind. If people are not prepared, Lord, I don't want to say that, but they might even die. Because the enemy has a plan also, just as God has a plan. And his plan is to try to take us out so that we will not accomplish the will of God. But he cannot as long as we walk in the Spirit and walk in his word, we will overcome and do exactly what we've heard. Because it will be by the Spirit, it will be by the Holy Ghost that we move forward in this day. Nothing of the flesh shall last, but it will be consumed as a burning fire. And it will not be allowed to come into this glory, into this place, because all flesh is as nothing in my sight. And there shall no flesh glory in my presence. And you will see that I'm bringing you to a place of total dependency upon me. Trust in me. Believing in me. And allowing me to lead you, to guide you, and direct you. So lay aside education. Lay aside philosophy. Lay aside traditions of men. Lay aside ideas of men. And turn unto me with weeping and fasting with all your heart. And from that place, I will give you a brand new start. Because in that place, you shall crucify the flesh. And you shall arise in power in this hour. For the time of my return is short. And there's much to be accomplished in a very short period of time. But it takes an army that's prepared to walk in my plan divine. So I'm speaking to people's hearts. I'm giving them direction. I'm telling them what to do. So be obedient.
and follow through. And as you do, you will see that I will lead you all along the way. And I will encourage you day by day. I'll reveal myself to you as I walk with you. I'll manifest myself to you as I walk with you. I've not called you to walk this journey alone. But I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to bring you along. And you're going to see my power. You're going to see my glory. Because why? It's time. For everybody that's told in times past the story of what I would do in this end time. It is time now for those stories to come to pass. It's time for those prophecies to come to pass. They cannot wait. They cannot wait. So don't hesitate. Don't you wait. Press right in. And you will see that my power and my glory will fill you to overflowing in this hour. And you'll see my glorious power. And you'll see it not only upon you and upon my people that will turn unto me, but you'll see it come upon those that you'll minister to. And things that we hear stories about that are not too common today as far as miracles and signs and wonders, and we've seen sprinklings of it along the way. But there will be no end. There will be no limit. Because I will work in my power and show and reveal to myself Feel, reveal myself to the world in this hour. That is my desire. And I'm coming in power and I'm coming with fire. Now, Father, we thank you for it. We glorify you for it. We magnify you for it. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for revelation of this day. Thank you for revelation of this time. Thank you, Father, that we're walking into that place that you have for us because it's your plan divine. Father, I invoke and I speak a very special blessing over every individual under the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, that an anointing will come upon them. Lord, from this very moment, this very day, and they'll hear that voice because they'll turn aside and they'll listen to you and they'll go in a brand new way. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you've took patience with us along this way. And Father, we thank you for this in advance. We know that it's done. And we thank you, Lord, that you're bringing us along in this race that we'll run. And Father, we give you the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is with us. I said the Lord is with us. God is here. God is here. God is speaking to the church. Ooh, Lord Jesus. God is speaking to the church. Oh, I can see it in the spirit. It, it, God, it's, there's a move of God, but there's a preparation time we're going through. I don't know how so go. Mama, kostama, You don't enter into things automatically. Jesus, before he went up to heaven in, in Acts chapter 1, he said, go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. So they had to wait. They had to prepare. 
before the suddenly came. Everybody wants the suddenlies. Everybody wants the power. Everybody wants the glory. But nobody wants the preparation. But that's what's required in this day. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. That's what God is saying. And he's made it real to me, I'm telling you. Has he made it real to you? He's made it real to me. And I'm already working on me. <laughs> Woo, I'm not working on you. I'm working on me. Woo. You may be seated. Thank you for coming. He's working on us. He's speaking to us. You turned aside. Pastor Craig, you turned aside to hear the burning bush. You turned aside. I saw both of you. I saw you out there in the desert. I saw you tending the sheep. <laughs> I saw him tending the sheep. <laughs> I said, how do you see things like that? I don't know. All I know is it works that way. And there was a long time that Moses was out there. How many years was it? 40 years. <laughs> of course, time is sped up now. But for 40 years, God was working on him. Isn't that right? 40 years. And then one day God showed up and said, all right, it's time now and I'm going to show you what to do. Isn't that right? And that's what God has done with you. He spoke to you out of the bush. But the thing about it is, see, you had to turn aside. The church had to turn aside. I had to turn aside. Remember, Moses had to turn. He wanted to see this great sight because the bush was burning, but he wasn't being consumed. So he had to take time to stop and turn aside and hear what God was saying. And that's what God is saying to all of us today, really. But thank God, I know some of us have already started on this journey. Some of us have already turned aside to hear his voice. And thank God we're going on and we're going to make the right choice. <clears throat> so I commend you because you turned aside. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes. Can I say this? I mean, can... He opened this thing up. He got up here and prayed like that. So here you go. It ain't my fault. I'm telling you. If you had not turned aside, you would have been very disappointed. Very. But he turned aside. The church has turned aside. And I believe others have turned aside to hear. You understand what I'm talking about? God speaks to us sometimes in picture format. And one of the ways he speaks to me, he gives me chapter and verse or principles in the Bible that go along with what he wants me to say. And the principle he gave me this evening was the principle of where Moses was on the backside of the desert tending Jethro's flock, remember the sheep, for 40 years. And then God showed up. Isn't that right? And so Moses turned aside to see this great sight. In other words, he stopped and he listened, and he looked. In other words, he paid attention to what was going on. And then God began to speak to him. Isn't that right? And that's exactly what's happened to you. That's what's happened to you. That's what's happening to you. And if you're in the ministry, that's what God is trying to do with anybody. Every Christian, he's calling us. We've been out of the backside of the desert, so to speak, for 40 years. The church has just been in a dribble-drabble situation. No power. The world's been laughing at us. And they said, where is their God? 
But <laughs> I'm telling you, I see the bush a burning and I've turned aside. And then God gave instructions to Moses and told him exactly what to do. But then Moses had to follow those instructions in order to prepare him to go down to Egypt to bring the children of Israel out that had been in bondage for 430 years. God is bringing his people out of bondage. And he's raising up men and women of God that will turn aside and will see him and listen to him. You might have sensed and thought that you've been on the backside of the desert for 40 years, but it's not going to be long now. <laughs> There's some preparation time. I'm not saying it's going to be real, real quick because it takes some of us a while. It don't take you a while, but it takes some of us a while to make the adjustments and for God to get us ready. It wouldn't hurt you for me to tell you that it's probably going to take you more than a week, would it? <laughs> or a month? Or maybe even a year? Maybe in a few years? It wouldn't hurt you, would it? <laughs> I'm not talking about everything, but see, God is trying to get us all to go together. You understand? So sometimes when these things are happening, he's trying to get everybody to walk in unison. Isn't that right? He brought all the children of Israel up out of Egypt. There was a lot of packing going on. Isn't that right? Would you got to bring how many people come up out of Egypt? Three million people. That was a lot of suitcases. I'm telling you right now. That's a lot of donkey feed. I'm here to tell you right now. That's a lot of grease in the ragged wheels. I'm telling you the truth about it. Isn't that right? So sometimes the preparation is not just us as an individual, even though we are being prepared. He's trying to get everybody ready. You understand? So I encourage you, and I know that you are, and I know that you will. Turn aside, listen to what God says do, and do it. Here's voice. Now when God speaks to you, that's not always audible. Sometimes it is. Sometimes God can speak to you that way. But many times, you know, when you're we're seeking him, an intuition will come. Just an inner knowing will come. And sometimes he'll give you a scripture. And that scripture will mean exactly something that he's dealing with you about and you'll know that you know. You don't even have to be concerned or wonder if it's applying to me or not. He's speaking to you through that scripture. And he's giving you direction through that scripture. Of course, he can send an angel. Jesus could appear. Holy Ghost could speak to you. You know, all kinds of things. But he's going to lead you and he's going to guide you. So because we've turned aside to see this thing, this burning bush, <laughs> thank God we're going to move into everything that God has for us. Isn't that right? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes, and I, I would, my wife wanted to come, but she had a procedure she had to get done before, uh, and they couldn't get it done any quicker, and they couldn't, didn't want her to come. It's a medical thing, you know. And so, anyway, she's doing fine, <clears throat> and she's cheering us on. Isn't that right? And one of these days, she'll get to cross the border. <laughs> of course, she's been up here many years. I used to fly all over Canada preaching in a big twin engine airplane years ago. I used to do that. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I believe God's got a plan for Canada. He's not going to leave it out. He's not going to leave the United States out. He's not going to leave anybody out that's hungry for him. 1 Corinthians... Chapter 2, 
If I get to acting about half wild, just forgive me because I've been locked up with God for some time. I'm just seeking him. He called me aside, began to talk to me and show me things he wanted me to do personally, which I've already started on, working on, adjustments that I needed to make. And I'm just, just talking, I'm not talking just about blatant uncontrolled sin, you know, but just issues that I can't take over into this move. You know what I mean? See, I used to preach the full gospel. <laughs> Pastor Craig and I did anyway. You know what I mean? We, I, I ain't gonna lie about it. We, we used to. But you can start calling the skinny mini now. I can just tell you right now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> There, uh, we used to preach, I don't know what y'all going to do. I mean, I, well, you see all our friends and all that folks out there. I mean, the wind will blow them away. You know, we have to hold on to them. <laughs> if they got an umbrella over their head, we have to hang on to them so they don't blow off. You know, when the wind starts blowing. <laughs> you need something good and established to help hold you down. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, God's with us. But you need a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's going to enter in dis enter, end in disaster. So let me tell you about Leroy and Skillet. Y'all remember Leroy? Y'all remember Skillet? Leroy and Skillet? Leroy and Skillet <coughs> drove semi-truck. They were, drove as a team, you know, on these long hauls, you know, all the way across this country and that country and down in yonder and over there. And one of them would get in the back and sleep and the sleeper had a sleeper cab on this thing or whatever they call it. And uh, the other would drive, you know. And then they would swap out and they'd just get that truck where it needed to be because you could drive longer if you got a team and get the load there quicker, you know. So they took old uh, Leroy and Skillet in for uh, testing, with a safety officer, you know, in the truck division, you know. And uh, they had him sitting in this room. And so the safety officer looks at Skillet and asks Skillet this question. Said, Skillet, said, if you was driving that truck and Leroy was asleep in the back on the sleeper in the cab back there in the bed, and he said, you started going this long, steep hill, I mean real steep, long hill, and the brakes fell, he said, what is the first thing that you would do? He thought about it carefully. Skillet did, you know. And Skillet said, well, sir, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is wake up Leroy. He said, why in the world is that the first thing you're going to do? He said, because Leroy ain't never seen no wreck like we fixing to have. <laughs> that was the extent of Skillet's plan. And his plan would end in a wreck. Because all he wanted to do is Leroy to witness it. <laughs> He didn't have no other plan. Well, that don't pass the safety test. 
where there's a lot of people in the Christian world that's going along and what they're hollering is, wake up, Leroy. Why? Because they're headed for disaster. They don't know what's going on. Is God ever going to move? Is anything ever going to be different? Is anybody ever going to get into the perfect will of God? Is anybody ever going to serve God like we should? Or are we just going to go along and wonder why everything is just like it is and just keep hollering, wake up, Leroy? Why? Because he ain't never seen no wreck like we facing half. The devil's going to take this thing over, run us in the ground, kill us all. It seems to be. That's the way the church has been going. And people have been hollering, wake up, Leroy. Why? They want him to witness this wreck we're about to have. Because I'm telling you, we're headed on a collision course for disaster unless the church wakes up. And thank God we are. Thank God we have. Thank God we will. Many, I believe many will have turned aside to see the burning bush. Many will look and listen and hear what God has to say. And then be obedient. God's always got a remnant that's going to do it. And listen, I'm not putting anybody down anywhere. Nowhere. But Elijah one time thought that he was the only one serving God. Isn't that right? And Jezebel was going to kill him. The Lord talked to me about Jezebel. I never thought about Jezebel. Have you? I never, I mean, I heard people talk about Jezebel and this and that and all that other. But I, I, I never, but the Lord talked to me about Jezebel. A while back. I don't know if we'll get into it or not. But anyway. But anyway, she was going to kill Elijah. And Elijah's going to run to hide in the cave. Isn't that right? After all this great power had been manifested to him, it's like the church has been hiding in the cave lately. And Elijah got to feeling sorry for himself. You know, poor old me, poor old us. Where's God at? What are we going to do? He said, I'm the only one serving God. And God said, Elijah, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. I know we call him Baal. It's B-A-A-L, isn't that right? I'm a country boy. Baal. Isn't that right? B-A-A-L, ain't that it? Am I, hey. Hey, hey. Baal. That's who he is. Demon spirit operating through that thing. But God's got a plan. We don't want to go through life and wonder what God is saying. So I can't tell you everything God is saying for you individually. But I can give you some general directions that will help you get going. And not only you, but the church, the body of Christ in general. Especially ministers, but it it goes for all of us. So we're going to talk about some of these things. I'm trying not to... uh, Keep you till you pass out, but uh, <laughs> tonight, but because uh, we're going to be here. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. The Bible says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. This is talking about from a natural human perspective. Man cannot understand God from the natural perspective. Verse 10, but 
even though man can't receive it naturally in his own thinking, on his own mind, you can't conceive it. You can't receive it. You can't get revelation of it. it says verse 10, but, thank God, God has revealed them unto us, how? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So this move that we're entering into is the deepest move that's ever happened on this planet. Yes, sir. So it's going to cause a call for a deeper consecration, a deeper revelation, a deeper sanctification than ever before. If we're going into it fully, if we're going to have it fully, and we are, and we will, and nothing's going to stop us, and nothing's going to keep us out. Verse 11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? It says, Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. He wants us to know which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 14 says, The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Is it possible to be a Christian and be in the natural realm? Absolutely. Is it possible to be a Christian and be in the spiritual realm? Absolutely. And if you're going to hear from God today, you must lay aside the natural and move into the spirit. Yes. Now, I know through the Lord speaking to us earlier, speaking to me as well as anybody else here, he was talking about lay aside education. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with education. Just don't let education become God in your life. Yes. Don't put that at a top priority. Put seeking God at a top priority and then let him flow through the education if you have it. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. So thank God for that. But the natural man cannot receive the things of God. And the natural, if we're in the church and we're natural, we're not going to receive the things of God because we're considering them to be foolish. And I'm not saying that we are foolish and I'm not saying that we are natural. But that's what God is trying to get across to us. On October the 29th, I had an experience. Uh, actually, actually, October the 30th, I wrote it down. October the 30th, 2019. Had an experience in uh, Branson, Missouri. We was in a meeting there. In fact, uh, it was probably one of the least attended meetings that I've put on in a while. It, it fell right on Hallelujah Week, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's the only time we, we had to change hotels and Things where we normally do a meeting in one place, went to another, and the weather was just awful. I mean, it was sleeting. I mean, just sheets of sleet coming down, you know, and, and things like that. But anyway, it was probably the deepest move of the Spirit that I've been in in a long time, you know, as far as for me. 
And that's when God really began. And I thought about, I knew some of these things naturally. But it didn't become revelation to me until October the 30th, 2019. It became revelation to me. So even though the devil's trying to move during that time, God's a moving too. I'm here to tell you. And the best way to, to get you to understand this and communicate this to you is to tell you another story. We done got Leroy. He's back in the back. We're going to call him to the front. But let me tell you a story about Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen was at this people's house and they were praying for this precious lady that had cancer and she just had just a very short time to live. She was going to die. Basically, medical science could not help her at all. So he and another pastor, his wife, Miss Aretha Hagen, uh, we called her Mom Hagen, uh, was there. And then another person was there. Just a handful of them were praying. And they were been praying. What they would do is they were praying and interceding for this lady's life because she's going to die, a good Christian lady. But they were just seeking God. Praying, seeking God. No doubt, fasting a little bit, but seeking, praying. That's where they used to do it in old time Pentecost, you know. And then what they would do is they'd pray uh, and then they would take four hours and sleep at night because you can't pray 24 hours a day. But they would sleep four hours at night and then get back up and go at it again. So in about the third day of doing this, Dad Hagen was sleeping in a bedroom with a pastor, another preacher, you know, that was in there with him praying. And he said, uh, Brother so-and-so, he said, you know, he said, I've never prayed this long about anything without hearing something from God. He said, we're missing it somewhere. Something's not right. He said, we're not making connection here. And he said, now I'm not saying it's any of us or, or her or anybody like that. He said, but he said, we've been working on the sending end. God send it. God send it. God send it. God send it. God bring the healing. <clears throat> bring the healing down. Lord, heal this lady. Lord, heal this lady. He said, I believe what we're missing it at is this. We're not missing it. To, we're missing it on this, this way. He said, we're praying for God to do something. He said, it's not the sending in, it's the receiving in. Yes. He said, we need to pray about the receiving in down here. He said, because God's already sent it. Yes. He said, but we haven't been able to receive it. Something is wrong. So they went to bed, slept for four hours, of course, got back up, you know, and they all gathered in that little old bedroom to pray. Before they started praying, the preacher that Dad Hagen had spoke to said, folks, he said, let me tell you all something that uh, Brother Hagen sh shared with me. He said he never prayed this long about anything without the Lord saying something. Like either she's going to die or you need to do this or, you know, or she's going to be healed or, or something, you know. He said, he said he'd never prayed. He said, We've been working on the receiving end, getting our sending end, getting God to send it to us. He said, Brother Hagin said, we need to work on the receiving end. We need to make some adjustments down here. So the lady that was lying on the bed, she heard the conversation in her weak voice. She broke down weeping and crying. She said, oh, it's my fault. 
It's my fault. And Brother Hagin stepped up and said, no, it's not your fault, honey. I'm not saying that whatsoever. It's not some sin, not something about you. He said, I'm just saying that something somewhere we ain't making connection and it's not God's fault until we make an adjustment down here. There ain't going to be nothing coming from up there. He said, so we're not talking about you. We're just talking about praying in general. We're praying God send it. We're going to say, God, how do we receive it? What do we need to change? What do we need to do? So they changed the way they was praying and they took off. When God send it, it was, a, Lord, show us what to do to receive it. Show us what to do to receive it. Lord, something's wrong. Show us what to do to receive it. And it's just kind of a longer story, but I'll just shorten it up. And uh, Mom Hagen was standing there because the Lord had told Brother Hagen to go stand at the head of the bed. And he thought, what in the world do I need to go stand at the head of the bed for? Listen, if the Lord tells you to go stand at the head of the bed, go stand at the head of the bed. Yeah. And I'm not getting on that again. <laughs> and so he got out of the spirit and, and, and he thought, well, why not? I'm praying right here. She's laying right here. I'm at the foot of the bed. Why do I need to go stand at the head of the bed? Remember, they're working on the receiving end. So he gets back in the spirit. Again, the Lord says to him, go stand at the head of the bed by her, this lady. Of course, he got, what do I, I'm standing right here. Why do I need to go around there and stand at the head of the bed? Just don't make sense. I'm standing right here at the foot of the bed. I mean, I can reach out and grab her. So he got out of the spirit, got back in the spirit. And the third time he got in the spirit and the Lord spoke to him strong. Go stand at the head of the bed. So Brother Hagin, with all his deductions, he said, well, what have I got to lose? <laughs> what we've been doing is not working. If what you hadn't been, if what you've been doing hadn't been working, you got to change something. Why did the Lord want him to go stand at the head of the bed? Don't know. But if the Lord says go stand at the head of the bed, go stand at the head of the bed. So he's standing there at the head of the bed. All of a sudden, Mom Hagen had been kneeling down praying. She stood up, praying in other tongues. But Brother Hagen heard her speak in English, told him exactly what to do, told this devil to, that had, had a hold of this lady to come out of her. So he commanded it to come out. And that thing come up, something black, Brother Hagen said, just come up out of her chest and flew out the window. In fact, the other preacher said, that went right by me, it went right by me. And that lady got up, got up out of that bed right then, went through the house praising God, went out and ate watermelon in the yard with him that afternoon. <laughs> Notice, it wasn't the sending in, it's the receiving in. Church, We've been working on the sending in. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. That's the old Pentecost sign. Remember that? Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Can I tell you something? He ain't going to send it. I said he ain't going to send it. I said he ain't going to send it. Till we make some adjustments down here. How do you know? October 30th, 2019, he told me. I didn't know. I mean, I had, 
It was revelation. You know, there's a difference between just having a natural thinking why something working. He said, you've been, the church, he's talking about me too, of course, number one right here. He said, you've been working on the sending in, send it God, send it God, send it God. He said, you need to quit working on the sending in, getting me to send it. And he said, you need to get in a position to receive it. That's where we're at. And that's what God is saying. And that's why he's trying to get us to make some changes and make some adjustments. On that was on a Wednesday. And what he showed me that he was not withholding, he's not withholding his miracles, signs, or wonders, or glory from us. He revealed that he'd already sent it, but the church was not in a position to receive it. The church must work on the receiving end, not the sending end. God sent it, but we don't qualify for it. We're too irreverent, fleshly, and worldly. <laughs> this is Christmas too. My God. <laughs> Christmas. And this is just not for you, you understand. It's not just for you, even though we're partakers here. We, fir- we are partakers of the first fruits of, of this. But it's for everybody, whosoever will. And God is speaking. And it's not necessarily in a sense that God is mad at anybody. He's just saying this. It's not going to work the way you've been doing it. Yeah. Brother Hagin had to go stand at the foot of the bed. And then through the Holy Ghost, Mom Hagin spoke some things to him. She was speaking in tongues, but he heard her in English. He commanded the devil to go and the power fell. And she got up and walked through the house praising God and ate watermelon that day. Was on her deathbed. Was fixing to die. But all that time, those days there, they was working on God. Send it, send it, send it. And that's exactly what's happened in the church world. We've been waiting for God to send it and God's been waiting for the church to receive it. How do we perceive it? We prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves individually, but also collectively and corporately. We prepare ourselves. Thank you for getting excited about it. <laughs> Has God been speaking to anybody about this stuff, or is it just me? Am I out of my mind? I, I, I tell you, I've been just, the Lord called me aside, just showed me, but I mean, just skinned me up one side and down the other, you know. It was good too, you know. When he works on you, it always wounds up good. I mean, he breaks you, you know. You find yourself in a place of weeping. Find yourself in a, find yourself in a place of brokenness. You find yourself in a place that you can't do anything without him. You know, because he's just working in you, both to will and do of his good pleasure. That's what he's doing. And that's what he's had me saying lately. Lord, work in me both to will and do of your good pleasure. Not my pleasure, but your pleasure. Lord, I'm your servant. What do you want to do with me? Because it's glorious. This move. That's why he's getting us ready. Just like Moses was on the desert. He turned aside. He done what God said do. And they brought great deliverance to the children of Israel that were caught up in Egypt. Isn't that right? And that's exactly what God wants us to do. 
We must pray and cleanse our temple that belongs to God. In other words, quit praying for God to send it, remember? And start praying that we'll be worthy to receive it. And I'm not calling you a pig, but he won't cast his pearl before swine. If you'll seek God, you'll find out that what I'm saying is true and correct. Not that I know everything, because certainly I do not know everything. In fact, the more you know about God, the less you see you know about God. I don't know if it makes sense or not, but that, that's it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and ask Him what you need to do to please Him. Humble yourself. And the flesh don't like that. I'm just telling you, it didn't like it. But we're moving into it. And nothing's going to keep us out of it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Turn to Joel chapter 2. How you like that? Chapter what? 2. Is that where we're going? This is instructions from the Holy Ghost. Are you ready for this? Okay. Joel chapter 2, verse number 12. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, the church. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and let the bride out of her closet. Let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. In other words, God is saying, Turn to me. Isn't that right? You seek my face. And then he will hear us and he will turn towards us. And he will help us. I said this earlier. It came out. But everybody wants Acts chapter 2, but very few wants Acts chapter 1. Yeah. Acts chapter 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. But prior to that, Jesus had given specific directions and instructions to the disciples. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. For there was a period of them waiting on God. Isn't that right? A period of them seeking God. A period of them saying, God, what do you want? Lord, we're seeking your face. 
What do you want us to do? No doubt during that time, God was dealing with hearts because I believe if uh, Pastor Craig taught me right, it was about a 10-day period. Isn't that right? From the time that Jesus was on the earth, 40 days, right? And then he went up and then 50, Pentecost is the 50th day after Passover, right? So that's about a 10-day period there. So for 10 days, they sought God. Isn't that right? In the upper room. Is that right, Brother Taylor? That pass? <laughs> I got to find out here. Anyway, it just seemed good to me. But anyway, there was a period of time that they were doing what God said do. Isn't that right? In other words, it didn't come just automatically without the people preparing themselves for this outpouring. Once they got ready and prepared, then the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as very rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Isn't that right? So we like Acts 2, but we don't like the latter part of Acts chapter 1. Because there's a time of waiting, there's a time of seeking, there's a time of preparation that God wants us to get in and do. Thank you for getting excited about it. Now I've got a lot of verses where God's been speaking to me, but I'm not going to give them all to you because I'm not here to kill anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> but I can give you this one if you want me to. Yes, sir. <laughs> Probably your favorite verse. Philippians chapter 3. It may be your favorite verse. Because he's talked to me about this. He may not have talked to you about it. And uh, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3. Is that where I said to? Verse 17. Brethren, and this means sisterins too. <laughs> Brethren and sisterins. Be followers together of me. This is what the Apostle Paul said. And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. In other words, you've seen how I've walked. Verse 18. He said, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are what? The enemies of the cross of Christ. These are people that are supposedly following God. And Paul said, not me. Now, I don't want to be found in this category either, you know. said, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Many, he said, for many walk. Many. Many. Verse 19, he goes on and talks about why. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who do what? Who mind earthly things. In other words, they wouldn't deal with themselves, and they wouldn't lay aside the world, and because they wouldn't do that, they were enemies of the cross of Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul said. But I'm not putting this off on anybody else. I had to examine it myself. And the Lord began to talk to me about making adjustments and walking in the power of God. 
because I used to walk in the power of God on a level. Of course, I'm getting back there. I'm almost there now. But I, I walked in the power of God on a level that I hadn't walked in in many, many years, and it wasn't God's fault. It was my fault. Because I got to putting my belly ahead of God. Thank you for getting excited about it. <laughs> but somebody's got to preach the full gospel. <laughs> you saw me skinny folks in the body of Christ. My God, Jesus, help us. <laughs> I just think it's genetic. <laughs> I need one of them shots. Of course, you can have some things, you know, I'm not saying that, but there's some people that, you know. In other words, he's just saying this, you know, don't let your flesh dominate you. Don't let your flesh dominate you and don't let the world dominate you. Because if you do let your flesh dominate you and control you or the world becomes, uh, you know, big in your eyes, I can't do it right now, not tonight, another night. I'm going to talk about idol worship in the church. Idol worship. And this is not something that I come up with. It's something that the Lord showed me. There's actually idol worship in the church today. Graven images brought into the church. God considers it to be idol worship. Thank you for getting excited. This is Christmas. <laughs> It's Apostle Craig's fault, not mine. <laughs> he's the one that prayed this. But I'm telling you, he's been working on me. Remember that song? He's been working on me. He's been working on me. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't want to know that song. My Lord, I don't. <laughs> don't put that on the screen. We sing at Sunday school's kids. They'd make little signs and you know and all that. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to bring it back to the adult service. He's been working on me, and he's been working on you. If you've been hearing him, he's been working on you. That don't mean he's mad at you. He loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't work on us. He don't want us to miss it. Oh. Can I tell you about Noah? A lesson from Noah? What is the greatest lesson that we can learn from Noah and the days of Noah? The greatest lesson you could ever learn. Don't miss the boat. <laughs> the biggest lesson you could ever learn. How to preach right there. I'm telling you how to preach. See, where you get all these revelations spending time with God. My God. Because there's a lot of people that missed the boat. They was caught up in the world system. They was doing their own thing. They missed it. Don't miss the boat. So God speaks to us because he loves us. 
He corrects us or asks us to make correction ourselves. He don't do nothing to us. He shows us what to do and whether we choose to do it or not is up to us. The devil can't force us to do anything and God will not force us to do anything. If we do something, it's because we want to. He will encourage us. You understand that, huh? Got that? The devil can't force you to do anything. And God will not force you to do anything. It's up to you to make the choice as to what you're going to do. So, that's what he's saying to the church today. That's what he's speaking to the body of Christ today. Because he is talking to us because there's a move of God that God is bringing about that we're getting ready for. We're moving into. It's going to take us some time. Take us some time. But we're going to get there. And if we will hear his voice, just tonight, it was so clear, so clear. Tonight, when I saw that in the spirit here during praise and worship. Because the anointing just came on me during praise and worship. Thank God for the praise and worship team. Amen. Amen. Thank God for their dedication and consecration and everybody involved. Music. Thank God for the camera department, the sound department, the children's department, the holy roller department, the chair setting department. I mean, I, I like it all. I appreciate it all. Because you set a place, you know, where the Spirit of God can move. But I saw that and it was just as plain as turn aside. And that's what God is saying to the church world today as a whole. Turn aside and hear my voice. Moses had to turn aside. He'd been in this, the wilderness, in the desert for 40 years. The church has been in the wilderness, the desert, so to speak. We've had sprinklings here and there, but nothing like God desires to do. And it's not on the sending in, it's on the receiving in. I've got to say, Lord, Prepare me to be a sanctuary, true and holy, tried and true. You remember that song? Yes. I got you on one then. You know it. <laughs> Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And it goes on from there. Woo, well, Thanksgiving. What you going to do? Are you sure? Go ahead. Sanctuary for you. It's one thing to sing it. It's another thing to do it. But I know you will. You know, God loves you. He loves us. He cares about us. And that's why he is speaking to us like this today. There are things that he wants to do in our life. There's things that he wants to do in the church. There's things he's wanting to do in the world. And you say, well, well look what's happening in our country in Canada. Well, look what's happening in my country. <laughs> they're trying to impeach the president. And I think they're going to get started back at it tomorrow, somebody said. <laughs> they're just going to keep working. Every time one of them fails, they start with something else. You know what I mean? But they just don't like him because he's just a big, brash, loudmouth. You know what I mean? I mean, he just tells them. You call our fellow up here the prime? 
Yes. Prime Minister. I know they bump heads. You know, I, they, it was, they was over there at some kind of summit. Oh, Lord, my Lord. I just seen a snippet of it, you know. I say, God, help them in Jesus' name. Help them all. But God loves Canada. He loves the United States. He loves the countries. He loves China. He loves Russia. He loves them all. North Korea. And I've lifted up in prayer many, many days. And I believe God's going to do something. Because I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to see them go to heaven. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. And it's going to come to pass. And nothing is going to stop it in the name of Jesus. Let's just unhook right here. Is that all right? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that there's other things that you want to say and do. But Lord, we know that it needs to be disseminated in increments, Lord. Because of the seriousness of it. And Father, I thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus. For each and every person that is here tonight. And I thank you for the anointing of God, Lord, that is released into their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm turning to pastor. Hallelujah. Some of you are wondering if Reverend Randy was in our service this morning. And then some of you are wondering if I told him in the green room about our service this morning. And hand on the Bible, I didn't say a word. Sir, I preached what you preached this morning. Yep. And... Uh, we talked about a season of preparation, and uh, I won't get into it now, but on August the 8th, for four hours from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., while I was on a cruise in the Caribbean, the Lord came into my room and he spoke to me. And he used the parallel of David's life when David left Ziglag and came into Hebron, and he was there for seven years before he went to Jerusalem. And the Lord said to me, he said, Jerusalem represents the outpouring of my spirit but your church is not ready for it. And he said, come 2020, you're going to be stepping into a new phase of ministry, which will be considered like Hebron, but it will be a higher level of preparation than the years past. And he said, I'm giving you seven years. And he said, it sounds like a long time, but it's not a long time. And I told them that this morning. We talked about the seven-year period this morning. I'm very cautious when I give dates and times. I'm very cautious. Dad Hagen always warned about be very careful with numbers and all that kind of stuff. But because of the specificity of the Lord when he revealed that to me, uh, I, I felt obligated to share with the congregation that there is some things that we're not ready for. I, did I not say that exact phrase this morning? I said, we're not ready for this move as a church. If he poured it into our old wineskins, it would be destroyed and we'd be destroyed with it. And uh, I didn't say a word to him. I never do on purpose. It's not my place. It's let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost say what he wants to say. And uh, so, sir, that is a massive and 
deep confirmation. To let the, it's good that the people can hear the Holy Ghost confirm through a prophet what the pastor has said uh, without any kind of outside influence or manipulation. It's very good that the people hear so that they can trust my word because God has now spoken through somebody else. The exact same thing. I even talked about taking care of my physical body. Did I not talk about that? And about how God been dealing with me about making adjustments and about how some of us need to make adjustments in our health with the way we think, with our social media, with our distractions, with our carnality. I mean, you couldn't, you can't make this stuff up. What happened tonight? You can't make that up. My God, it's, it's, it's uncanny. That's the Holy Ghost. And I don't know if you recall, but Pastor Nancy, when she was here last week of October, she was here till the 30th. That's when you were referring to the very first night she stood up. Now look at the pattern of God. The very first night she stood up as a prophet, the very first night he stood up as a prophet, she preached on Moses turning aside. Moses turning aside from the sheep in the backside of the desert and seeking God because God was about to pour out his glory in Egypt and that there needed to be a season where we as a church turn aside and seek the Lord. I, he doesn't know that she preached that. I didn't tell him that she, he, tell him she preached that. But the Holy Ghost is the master orchestrator. He knows that we heard that. I've been meditating on that verse since she said it. That was October 27th she said that. I've been meditating on that verse. Lord, it's, this is a season to turn aside and to listen to you. I, I willfully and intentionally do that, Lord. Now the Lord in his kindness and his generosity spoke through this man commending us for taking this opportunity to turn aside and listen to him. And yet, and he, he says that he's so sweet because he doesn't want to say something harsh. But during that prophecy, if you recall, he said that the church is not ready in general. And then he said, and this church is not ready. And that's exactly what I said to you this morning, because what's coming, we are too carnal. We are not ready for it. The way we think, the way we act, we're not ready for it. Now, isn't that wonderful? The Holy Ghost. That's why I said to people, they don't listen. They don't listen to me. Dad Hagen said when he, when he was about to die, he said to Doc Horton, they don't listen to me anyway. I think every minister, no matter how big you, how great you are or how small you are, you all feel a little bit discouraged at times because the people just don't listen. But I said to people this morning, by the Spirit, see, they're just taking it as me getting on their back as a pastor. I said it by the Spirit. Take the time and sacrifice your time and be here tonight. Why? Because they needed to hear the confirmation along with the rest of you. It would settle in their hearts stronger if they hear another man say it who did not know anything about this. And I'm very cautious when I say dates and times because typically I don't do that. I generally, as a rule, don't do that. But when the word of the Lord came to me in that cabin, God came into that room and he said to me, there's a season you must prepare for what is coming. If I gave you revival now, it would destroy you. You cannot handle my glory the way you are or your church. He said, but like David, there was a season. Praise God. And he said, it's going to be around. That means it may not be exactly, but he said, it's going to be around that season of time. And it's a lot, it seems like a long time. It's not a long time. In fact, he said, every month counts. So you better start quickly, son. And I've already started. 
just like he's already made some adjustments. I've already made some adjustments in my heart and in my mind. You know, I haven't preached it. It's, it's on my schedule to preach on the 19th of January uh, to preach about how you can deal with addictions in your life. Uh, that's my message on that January 19th. But uh, that was one of the verses. God gave me two verses to stand on, and you quoted one of them tonight. Philippians 2.13, to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's a key verse that has changed my life. And here he is talking about that as well. I mean, you, you, it's just uncanny. You can't, how, how could, how, how could, I don't know. The Holy Ghost just tells people things. He confirms things. So this is a holy moment for us tonight. This is a, actually a holy moment for us tonight where God has confirmed some things dramatically from a man that had no idea, but he was speaking by the Holy Ghost. And like he said, it applies to every Christian in every church, but we, some of it was particular to us. That beginning of that prophecy about turning aside, even though it's for everybody, he was commending us. God was commending us because he, we've, we've listened to a measure but now we must follow through. Are you encouraged, Jennifer? Heavenly Father, we come before you, holy presence in the name of your son, Jesus. We come with great gratitude and deep respect in our hearts and reverence in our hearts for you. You've been speaking to me about some things and November 3rd, I started sharing with the congregation. And Father, today I shared a little bit more, part four of the six-part series. And Father, some of the things I said this morning verbatim, you spoke through Reverend Greer as a sign. Really, it's a sign and a wonder to the people to let them know that we are not missing it, that God is saying he is confirming that the people would know that this is God and that we better pay attention. The time of playing games is over. We are now coming into a serious moment of history. Jesus is coming soon. Lord, I even preached about your coming today and about the rapture of the church, and he brought that up as well, that Jesus is coming soon. Season of preparation is upon us. Heavenly Father, we deeply respect and grateful for what you did tonight, Holy Spirit. I know we may have been a bit quiet, Lord, but that's because we're all in shock. He might have wondered, why aren't you dancing and jumping? That's because we're all just in shock that God is saying the same thing in two services. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this precious man of God. I thank you for his obedience to be bold and to speak forth the utterance of the Holy Ghost. We receive it wholeheartedly. We receive it wholeheartedly. Father, we thank you for confirming. Thank you for strengthening our resolve. Thank you we are coming into our Hebron season. Whereas like David sat down as a king, we're sitting down in some things. We're in a higher season of preparation in Hebron for Jerusalem is on the way. And Jerusalem is where the glory of God is going to be seen on this earth. Like he said tonight, the prophets have prophesied. And I talked about that this morning as well. Branham and Wigglesworth and Dad Hagen and Dad Dufresne and others, they have prophesied the end day move of God and it will surely come to pass. And Lord, we're going to have play a part. It might only be a little part, but we're going to play our part. And we're going to be ready, willing vessels for your fire to flow through. So we thank you, Father. We are so grateful.